Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hi, this is Janice Torres from Yo Quiero Dinero. If you own or operate a business, whether it's a local operation or a global corporation, partnering with Bank of America could be your smartest move. By teaming with Bank of America, you'll enjoy exclusive digital tools, award-winning insights, and business solutions so powerful, you'll make every move matter. Position your business to capitalize on opportunity in a moment's notice. Visit bankofamerica.com slash bankingforbusiness to learn more. What would you like the power to do? Bank of America N.A. Copyright 2024. Um, that I seems good. I Go did not. What did you get? What did you do? I was going to say as well, Sean, for Stevens, um, they, they did work closely with one of the uh, coaches at our school, Davina. Um, and this is actually the visual representation. I'm not sure. Oh, that's yeah. awesome. Yeah, during lunch, a lot of them started working on them. So that's your vision board? Yes, that's my vision board. Okay, let's talk through it. Let's talk through it. Let's try to tie it into financial literacy. Put it back up there, Nigel. Oh, that's right. Can you see it? Yeah. Okay, I see the graduation of high school. Yeah, the first Wait. picture. Like, Wait, it's, it's black again, Nigel. So it went back to black. Oh, can you see? Yep. I see in, I see the car. I see where you want to do mechanics. I see the graduation. I see your own place. I see victory and I see travel, right? I see that airplane. Yeah, the first one, the yeah, I want to be successful, you know, like, be great. Right. Be great. Yeah. And what's the, is there a mechanic? Is there going to be an auto mechanic? Yeah, yeah. I want to go to college to study mechanic and stuff like that. So, yeah. So did this vision board help you at all? Like bring clarity of like direction as to where you want to go? Yeah, like some of the goals I want, you know? Yeah. And so it's now it's really just, you know, and, and you know, I'll say it and I'm not just saying this just to tell you this, but it, it, your goals are very, very doable. It's just setting forth an action plan and following the plan. Um, put back the board up. Put it back up. Nice I think your career choice as a mechanic is an excellent career choice. You know, there will always be needs for automobiles. I would make sure that make sure that what you're taking in automobiles is aligned with where the current car market is going. And that's really understanding the business behind what you want to do. Right. So what's the yeah. business behind being a mechanic right now? What is the business telling you about mechanics right now, where you should go and what you should study? Well, everybody in my, my dad's a mechanic. My uncle's a mechanic. They, all of them own their own shops, you know? Like, that's just... 
and everybody needs a mechanic. But where's where's the mechanic? Where is cars trending right now? This is where you got to research, understand the business. If you want to max out your salary and do exceptionally well in it, I am not. I don't know, you know, historically how well your father, or your grandfather have done. I'm sure they've done exceptionally well, but they're living in different times, right? So yeah. they can tell you the general business of mechanic, but you have to now be that entrepreneur, be that like seeking knowledge young man, and ask yourself, okay, where, what direction do you believe? like the automobile industry is going in general? Where do you think like people are going to want to hire, people are going to need you? And then we talked about this the last class because it gets into, you know, supply and demand. If you have a unique skill that you do exceptionally in the mechanic, you do better than anybody else, what is that going to do as far as salary for you? What is it going to do people wanting you? Like you for example, if you, you're going to get paid more. For example, if you just said, oh, I just want to become a mechanic and all I want to do is learn to change oil. I just want to be the. I just want to change oil. I don't want to do anything else. I just want to change oil. Do you think that job will demand a high salary? No, you're not versatile. You're not going to get paid that well. Right, because you don't have a special skill. You know, even myself, I can change oil. You no, know? yeah. But if you figured out in mechanics now, where, what direction is the automobile industry going in? Where are they looking for? What do they specify? You can really, before you even start school, know that okay, this is what I need to get into an auto mechanic and have a clear plan as to why. And then find the companies that drive that business. You understand? So when I look at the auto mechanic, automobile industry, you know, and I don't have a crystal ball in front of me, you know, if you look from government perspective and legislation, they're all trying to get down to zero emissions, right? We're We're all about the environment now, right? And there's been a strong push for electrical cars. You agree or disagree? I agree. Mm-hmm. That means the automobile industry is going through a facelift. It's going through a change, right? And, you know, argumentally, we can say it started with Tesla and Elon Musk, where he, he went off in a whole different way, you know, different what everybody else. He, even the plants were not in Michigan anymore. He decided to make a car at Silicon Valley, which people thought he was crazy. But he started something a trend, and he showed that what he did, and we talked about, he created a need. He showed that he can get people to switch from electrical to gas and make yeah. the car sexy. But believe, you know, and if you really think about it, one thing, I, I, I have a test and I can tell you, you know, all Elon Musk did is bring together um, things that are already there present. Like it, it, he didn't really create anything new. Like, you know, a, a Tesla car is no different than those airport hydraulic lifts. They run off the same premise, you know, and then yeah. you know, he just put a, he put a, he put a, a, a CPU unit in it. He put axles and a lot of the parts are made from other car manufacturers. Like Tesla doesn't make the axles. Tesla, he get the outsources that from GM. He's partnered with different car manufacturers to do specific parts of cars. Believe it or not, Audi builds a lot of stuff for Tesla cars. So my point is you as a young man, I believe, you know, it would be wrong for you to say, okay, I'm going to learn and take auto mechanics and learn traditional cars, gas cars. Because you're going to learn a skill that's probably going to be dying out in the next 20 years. And it won't be as high. Like Europe is going through a thing where 2030 or 2040, they're going to be, they're, they're be mandated. We're going to make no more gas cars. Every car from that point forward has to be electrical. So they're fading it out. So you should be thinking about, okay, if I want to do mechanics, I got to see what's trending. And there's probably specific things within making electric cars where there's a high need for people with a high level of skill set that they'll pay a lot that can do a certain thing that's needed for electrical cars. Maybe the battery, like, for example, to charge my car from zero to full, it takes like 45 minutes on a supercharger to an hour. And, you know, that's what puts like 
a long distance trip for me. I may get there quick, but I always got to stop every five, 40, every few hours to charge my car. Now, if you could come up with a battery that charges as fast as pumping gas, you would be the next Elon Musk. Hands down. <laughs> if you can make an electric charging battery that can go as charge as fast as somebody pumping the gas, that means the electric car is on par with everything compared to a gas car. So that's where your mind, young mind should be going, okay, what can I specialize in? Where do I, can I max out the salary? And then you drive your education behind that theory. You, you with me? Yeah, I'm with you. Yeah. I'm listening. And then, yeah. and then what you've created, you've created like stability. You've created that niche job that everybody's going to be wanting you. Everybody's going to be paying you maximum salary. And then from there, that will lead to your car. That will lead to traveling. Uh, what else is on? What's, what else is on your board? Bring back the board. Nigel is still black. No apartment. Well, That'll lead to your apartment. You'll get great benefits. You'll have a great down payment. All that will lead into like, hey, if I really focus on my education in Canada, I really try to take things and get into the schools and the training programs that offer, you know, electric car training. You may not figure out your special niche yet, but I think at least you should be going in a direction of like learning how to service electric cars because a lot of these mechanics, like you know. And are gonna are gonna become dinosaurs. Yeah, you're right. I didn't think about it like how you were thinking about it. Yeah. But the electric okay. you can, stuff like that. Yeah, so you and you will be making if you specialize, you'll be making doctor of surgeon salaries. Like you know, these trade jobs, you know, they're they those guys, I have my electrician and plumbers, they make great money. So don't think. There's a lot of, I, I always wish I had a special skill. I took finance and marketing and I wish I could say like, I specialize in something, something that I can do, you know, like far as plumbing, electrical or some kind of special skill set. So, you know, I think you're going in the right direction by being a mechanic, but just get to understand the business of it and, and be a sponge, like Google everything on electric cars, on automobiles and figure out, you know, where your fit is and you'll get excited. You'll enjoy studying because you'll see the big purpose behind it. And, you know, what you're doing is you're complimenting your father, your grandfather, because they set the foundation for you to say, hey, we did mechanics and all you're doing is taking it to another level. Okay, so now do we have other students that have uh, set up their vision board? We, we may be able to give you some um, pointers on that or just share what, what you've uh, put up. And if there's anybody who hasn't set up their vision board, okay. but still wants to share some goals, please go ahead. All right, so... I think my, somebody had theirs up before. I saw it. I don't know where it is. Yes, go ahead. Oh, I see your hand up. You can put yours up. Let me see. Hi. Beautiful. I okay. can't see it. I'm not seeing it. Can you bring you it a little it? bit closer, Manaj? Man- okay. okay, there we go. How come I'm not seeing I'm seeing you, Nigel. I'm not seeing the board. Oh, you might have me pinned. Um, try on pinning. Yeah, you've got a pin. Video. Okay, I see, I see the vision board. Okay, Does I see everybody see Manaya now? Yeah, yeah I, I see Manaya's vision board. Manaya got the Beamer, the business. I love uh-huh. her. Do you mind unmuting yourself, Manaya? Okay, she has the beautiful house. She has the, the family. She has the car. She has, okay, she has... Um, Take it, Manaya. Take she it has the it. cash. She has the business suit on. So you know she's running some big business there. Uh-huh. Education. Mm-hmm. All right, so could you give us could you give us a rundown on your vision board so we can fully understand it? Okay, so basically I'm a business owner because in the future I'm gonna open up my own hair shop because I'm into cosmetology. I already do hair, like I would do my cousin's hair, 
Um, I am in the process of teaching myself on how to box braid like these right mm-hmm. now. So I'm more into working with the hair business. So in the future, I would like to open up my own shop and just basically be able to get my own car, mm-hmm. travel, my own house, and get my high school diploma and maybe maybe do fashion because fashion is right here up in the corner. Sure. Over here. And um, maybe have a little family. So that's why family's up there and family is the most important thing and they will always support you. So, yeah. Well, listen, Manai, none of this stuff on your board is in stone. You can adjust it. You can change it. You can add to it. You can subtract to it. The main thing mm-hmm. is that you see yourself somewhere in the future. And now you can work towards that future on a, on a daily basis, on a monthly basis, and just make, make adjustments within yourself as you go forward, which is what we all do. None of us have arrived. We're all under construction. So like you... <laughs> We all are building ourselves in ways that are different from last year. You know, whether it's we're building from the inside or we're building from the outside. And I like your board. It really speaks volume to where you're going. Thank you. Okay. Let me just say this for you as well. Um, my, my girlfriend, she, I helped her open up a salon a couple of years ago. And the salon is a great business. I really got to understand how that business moves and what drives that business. And if you start to understand the business of a salon, you will see how it's a very lucrative business because there's not much overhead in it. You know, the shampoos and whatever you want, the perms, all that kind of, it's not that much. But the, the cost, I mean, you can charge $300 for a hairstyle that's only going to cost you $5 or $10 in supplies, you know. So, but you have to look at it. You're almost like the, the real hustle of a hair business is that you're a landlord. Do you know how, yeah. you know, I say you're a landlord? Yeah. And you well, have tenants. Yeah. Well, yeah, a little bit. I will understand why. Why is that? Because, I mean, I'm owning the building or whatever. So, like, it's like I'm going to have to pay for things. Like, I'm going to have to pay for, like, the lights, blow dryers, like, make sure my electricity and things are working properly. You're there. You're there. But let me go a little deeper with it. Think about who else. You make exactly, Nigel. You, I, I, Nigel. I think I'm going to retire, and you can teach this class. I honestly believe that you, you catch. Yeah. That's what I was just thinking. You He's going for your job, Sean. Uh, he can barely have it. So yes, like the, the what you should be thinking of, and I had to change her mindset. It's like you're not a hairstylist; you're a landlord, and you make your money from rental of chairs. Like there's barber shops that you know we can all see that we see like the selfish barber that owns the shop that he wants to galvanize every customer. He wants, he puts his chair right by the door. And all the new customers he wants to take, that's not the smart barber. The smart barber is going to share and let and send new people to other chairs because he knows he makes his money off the rental of the chair. You know, so I we we when we were found the space, we strategically found the space where we can max out the number of chairs. And we even sublease some of the chairs where some person says, Well, I only want to work weekends, so we have somebody that rents a chair during the week. But if you think about it that way, like if you get five chairs. And they pay you three hundred dollars a week. That's fifteen hundred dollars a month. Uh, that's fifteen hundred dollars a week. And your rent, if you're renting or if you own, your mortgage is only hurt. Like for, I don't want to call her numbers. She probably should be just listening to this. But she rents out five chairs. I know, and she, at three hundred dollars a pop, which is fifteen hundred, and her rent is only fifteen hundred for the month. So think about how much she makes just off being the landlord. And so then the mindset is is that. 
the hair that you do is just your money. It doesn't go towards bills. It doesn't go towards light. It goes directly to you and your tenants cover all of your overhead. You see how you drive that business. And then from there, then you'll think expansion because then you're going to be thinking like, okay, I can set up another shop and I don't have to be sitting in this shop and I can put five chairs in this new space. And that's where you're going to be thinking to yourself, you're in the game of real estate, not in the game of doing hair. And the more you can make your, you can rent all the chairs and make your clients happy and make them feel good, the more you'll grow your business. Get it? Yeah. I'm that's the wealth mindset. Yeah. I'm wow. sending a lot more now. So what are you in the business of? Uh, well, mm, you're in the business of real estate. Yeah, real estate. There we go. You're in the business of real estate. All right, let's get to let's get back to our regular programming. Okay. Because regular programming shouldn't be so the the intro, but I I just love to see your energy, what you guys are doing. I was just speaking to Rachel earlier. You guys are really participating in the way that we love. So I appreciate all you guys being involved and your and your your um. Your vision boards are excellent. You know, they're excellent. They really capture what you guys are trying to do. So let's go to the next slide, Nigel. One more. <clears throat> One more. Perfect. So we're going to talk about credit. All right. And we're, and we're going to get into, this is the foundation of wealth building and what you need to know. And the reason why credit is so important, because as the definition states, it's the ability to obtain goods or services before payment based on the trust that payment will be made in the future. That alone is so powerful. And I can tell you for me, for Mr. 850 and I, that if there wasn't credit, we probably wouldn't be teaching this course. Or we probably wouldn't be in a position to even talk the way we discuss financial literacy. Um, why is that so powerful? Can anybody answer? Why do you think it's so powerful that you can obtain goods or services and pay back in the future. Tell me why you think that is so powerful for creating wealth or having a wealth mindset. Or in, Can anybody help? Tell me why you think that's so important, if used correctly. Wait, what was your question? Why is credit, like the definition of credit, why, is, why am I saying that is so powerful where that you can obtain, you know, I can, with credit, for example, I can walk into you know, a store and buy goods for my business. Like, you know, I have, I have a shipping business, so I can buy, I have these things called commercial bins, which are like large boxes <clears throat> that hold up to 500 pounds. And with my vendor, I usually order about, you know, about 30 a week and I put it on my credit card and I sell those boxes to customers. I, let's just say I pay $10 for them. I sell them to customers for $20. Why is it so good that I can put it on credit? I don't have to like pay my vendor in cash for these boxes can anybody I answer, answer in the chat because the, like it's more easier it's more easier and and, and credit like it, it makes me like more responsible for things go ahead i, I agree feel like oh i agree i basically feel like credit is important because like without credit you can't get certain things or like your credit score like it's the difference of your credit score being a good amount or like you just can't make it without credit because it's something about credit that's important. I agree. So let's get back to my store. Why is it good for me that I can buy these boxes for my store on credit and not have to pay back, not have to make a payment for 30 days? Why is that a good thing for my business? It gives you a jump start. 
Yes, I like where you're going. It gives me a jump wait, start. It wait, Go ahead. Oh, wait. Um, does, does, does it depend like, on how many boxes you're selling like, like each week? Good question. I like how you're thinking. So let's, get, let's dig, dig into that. So, for example. And I also. So I, go ahead. Oh, and I also feel like it's a chance, like, it's a good chance, like, to help you, like, if you're struggling and you need a loan, if you have good credit, you could be approved for it. And yep. if you're not, you can't be approved for it. Right. So let's get back to my example. All you guys have excellent answers. Let's get back. Let's dig into it a little bit. Let's, let's dive into it. So if I buy, when I get these 30 boxes a week on credit, right, they're $10 each. So how much am I paying for the boxes? How much do I have to put on my credit card for the boxes? $300? Everybody get it, right? Now, is it, am I using my money at that particular time? No. No. No, no. I'm putting it on the credit card, Right. And now I sell the boxes for how much? Time? You could, 20, you could sell $20. it for twice the price. Twice the price. I sell it for $20, correct? Yeah. So if I'm selling them for $20, how many boxes? And this is a, it's a quick math question. How many boxes do I need to sell to cover my expenses of the $300 that I spent? Um, no, that'd be 200 I think it's 15 right? 15 boxes. I got to sell half of what I bought. Are you with me? Everybody yeah, with me? 15, 30 to yeah. Yeah, 15. Right. So if I sell 15 boxes in 30 days, because I have 30 days in which I have to make my credit card payment, how much money did I use out of my pocket to buy the boxes? 300. No, I didn't use my Whose money did I use to buy the boxes? The credit. The credit. I put on the credit card. The customers that came in and bought the boxes, right? Yeah. So did I have to go into my bank? Did I have to go into? Did I have to? No, have because to you. No, because you doubled them the price, so you got more. You got worth your money, and also you it helped you like to continue with your business. So you basically getting paid. You getting money to get paid, and you getting money to restall your product. Restock exactly. Now, how different would it be if I had to pay that money in cash up front? I'd have to find $300, take it from my savings. And what I say all the time, your money is your money. You got to protect your money. I can use credit to get the item that I need. And I know that I have 30 days in which to make those sales that I can pay that credit back. Get it? Hello? Yeah. Everybody there? Now, just take those numbers into the millions. And that's what the rich and wealthy do. They're using other people's money, just like I would for the boxes, which is called credit. To obtain what they need and then trying to pay it back within a reasonable time or make small payments towards it, but never trying to really use their money. That's the wealth mindset. It gives you more what we call purchasing power. You have the ability to purchase more goods and services by utilizing credit. Right? And this yeah, is where I we heard get into an like, app called per, per Cashing and Power. It's like an online thing where you can buy stuff. Right. And this is where we get into good credit and bad credit. So a lot of a lot of people, a lot of us in our community, because we don't know the power of credit, we'll get a credit card and we'll go buy shoes with it, go buy outfits with it, and go buy all these things, these materialistic things where we're getting to wants versus needs later, later on, but not buying things that are business-minded things, things that are not using credit in the way that we can use it to help us grow, right? And I'm not telling you not to buy things on credit that you want, 
but it's how you manage it and how you really understand the power of credit. A lot of us, we get, by the time we realize how credit can help us, we're already so backed up in bills. We are, our credit has been ruined and we are not taking advantage of it. And it's the first thing that people use it to discriminate against you. I know you, you think, you know, being of color is a discrimination. Wait till you find out if you have bad credit. Then they, then they don't have to justify it. They can say, well, we don't want you in this apartment because your credit sucks. Or we don't want you for this job because you have bad credit. Or you're not going to get this mortgage because you have bad credit. Or even deeper, we will give you this mortgage, but you're going to pay double what everybody else is paying because we don't trust you because your credit sucks. And there's nothing you can do about it. They have the right to refuse you. They have the right to judge you based on your credit. So it's, it's not in your best interest. And I, it was a common thing for me growing up, like, oh, don't pay this. Don't worry about that. Oh, you know, my credit sucks. So what? It's like everybody will, because everybody else's credit sucks. You feel like, oh, well, it's okay that mine sucks too. So you got a question in the chat. How would we start establishing that credit? We're going to get into that. We're going to get into that. Let's go to the next point. <laughs> Typically acquired on two forms. Okay, so go back. Sorry, go back. See Uh-oh, back back there's typically two forms of credit loans and credit cards right so you can a loan is what we call a closed debt meaning that if you get a loan for like a student loan or a car loan you're most likely to be making the same payment every month same amount while credit cards is more of a floating payment meaning that one month depending on how much you have on your credit card you may pay ten dollars another month you may owe a hundred dollars two hundred dollars the, the number it's not a consistent monthly payment does that make sense? Everybody with me? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So that's the difference between revolving or installment. Loans are typically installment-based where you're predetermined how much you're going to pay. The, the amount of the loan doesn't increase. While installments, it, it fluctuates. So a credit card, you know, you have a limit. Say you have a $5,000 credit card. You can spend anywhere from zero to $5,000 on that card every month. While if you have a car loan, you'll have like a $5,000 car loan and that's it. And here's your payments. And here's the number of months you have to make those payments. The wealth mindset. We discussed and I'm going to repeat it again. You the other people's money to work for you. Are you guys starting to see that, what I'm talking about? Is hey, it making sure. sense? Can I, can I add a little bit here while you're Absolutely. doing that? Absolutely. Um, when, it, when, when Sean talks about the wealth mindset, once you gain the wealth mindset, in my terms, I went out and I said, you know, I'm married. I have one child. I need a place to live. I wanted a house, but I didn't want to pay the mortgage all by myself. I bought a two-family house. Two years after that, I refinanced using the wealth mindset. And I bought another house. So now I have more people paying me, and I'm not paying the mortgage at all. So now I use both houses and I refinance that and I buy another house. Now I have a house, have no tenants in it, all my kids have their own room. And now I'm utilizing the wealth mindset again to say, well, maybe I should have a way to make sure my kids can go to college for free. So all of this is just based on understanding how to borrow, how to borrow and not get Absolutely. swamped. So Absolutely. once you understand other people pay your mortgage, other people pay your, your, your student loans for you, through understanding how wealth is generated, then you'll you'll have the wealth mindset and utilize credit. All right, Sean. Right. And as part of your homework this week that I know Good Shepherd's going to sign it, I just want you guys to really start thinking about the wealth mindset. Google it. Study it. 
read up on people that have been successful in creating wealth for themselves. But you have to kind of transition into that type of mind thinking type of framework. Does somebody have a question? I do. I have a Hi. question. Um, sure. Mr. 850 credit. Uh, you just mentioned a buzzword. I'm not sure if the students tapped in, but you talked about refinancing. So you purchased a two family home and somebody else paid the mortgage. So just for clarification, that means you lived on one side of the house and the other family lived in a in the other side of the house. And that family who lived in your second unit in your home paid enough rent to cover the mortgage so that you didn't. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Spring is my favorite time to start a new workout routine. With the weather warming up, it feels easier to get into the rhythm of things. Whether you have 20 minutes or an hour for a Pilates class or outdoor guided walk, Peloton has everything you need to help you get going. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. I have to pay anything. Well, that, that the first house they paid uh, most of the mortgage. I okay. had to pay some of the mortgage and some of the utilities. It afforded me ability to save and also raise my score. So when I went back to the bank, I was able to refinance the property because it went up in value and pull more money out. So I can go get another house, which was a three-family house. Right. So the refinance part, I think, is is that buzzword. Um, and what Mr. 850, I can't see the name, is so small, um, is talking about is going back to the bank to say, hey, look at my house. Um, please do another assessment. And they gave it a higher value the second time. And since it was now rated higher in value, you, you were able to get more more money because it's an asset that appreciates in value. So it went up and that's what, what um, just a little clarification about the refinance piece. Right. And, but keep in mind, getting more money was not the trick. Having people pay back the money, the more money I got, that was the trick. That's the mindset. So mm-hmm. they could have given me all the money, but if I didn't have somebody else pay for it, it would have came out of my pocket. Uh, yeah. I just wanted them to kind of get the refinance. Like that were you like, I refinance. I just, Right. As long as you have value, your value continues to grow. Your credit is good. Banks, they'll, they'll love to give you more money. Right. So that, so he's talking about, I'm just trying to clarify for the students, getting more money from the bank. That's what that refinance term is. Refinance term means getting more money for the bank. Thank you. You're welcome. I see we've got another hand raised. There's a question out there. You want to unmute? Uh, no, I just wanted to add on to um, what she was saying. Um, 
what they were saying actually. Uh, the way I saw it is you would buy or you would you would get a house and then by having that house you would hi um you would rent out the rooms in the house to people who needed some place to stay or some place to live in and they would slowly pay off the mortgage for you depending on what kind of um lease that they have so say they pay almost like a thousand dollars for a room that would add up together depending on how many rooms is in the house and that would slowly pay off on what you need yeah correct correct and we're going to get into that later on in the program as well so don't worry we're going to talk real estate is both jeff and i's forte so we're going to get deeper into it I got a sure. question. Sure. What's what's one financial advice you'll give yourself at our age? Like, let's say you were establish between, establish establish my credit. Establish your credit. I would I would add that watch your habits. Watch your habits. Right. Watch your habits because your habits will determine your wealth. If you got a, I think I help um like build your credit. Once you turn 18. Okay, so let's let's go, let's let's get into that. So how much you can borrow depends on your ability to pay back, or we like to call it your credit history, meaning that you know it, your credit report is like your report card and it shows the history. Companies like banks are in the business of lending money. They want to lend you money, but they also want to get it back. You know, people want to lend you money in this country, but you have to show that the history that you can pay it back in a timely manner. That's how biz- that's how business is conducted. So, you know, in order to grow, you need to build that credit history. And it starts with getting like maybe a, a credit card of a thousand dollar limit or a $500 limit, putting things on it and paying it off in full every month. You know, your regular expenses you can put on it. If you stop and get a coffee every day, put that on the card, you know, little things that you would normally pay for cash. I try to pay everything through my credit card. And we're going to talk about the reasons why in a second, but to grow my credit history, to increase my worth. So I continue to, you know, put things on credit and that's how you build your credit history. And that's how you give yourself. Uh, so having, that when you, does having a Chase account, does that count? Well, a debit card is not a credit card. A debit card is the money that you have in the bank that you have access that you're using. So a debit card does not help your credit. You need a credit card. Get it? A secured credit card from your banking yeah. relationship. Like the, if you have a relationship with Chase, you can't, get a credit card because you have no history they may not have time to and time have a separate credit yeah, you have well i don't know you could talk about the are you talking yeah about but she's absolutely card? right about a secured credit card if you don't have credit history it's great to start off with a secured credit card and you may only need to have it for like six months to a year where you're showing consistent payment there so what a secured credit card means is that you're going to put the money up front on the credit card with a five hundred dollars a thousand of your own money and then every month, you, every day or whatever, you use that card to purchase items. And then you top it up every month. You top it up every month. You make the payments. But then after a few months of you showing continuing, continued payments on time, you can say, well, can I now apply for an unsecured credit card? And more than likely, you'll, you will get approved because you've shown a pattern of paying on time. And then you can either close down that secured one and get your money back, or you can you know, ask them to convert it into this unsecured credit card. But that's a good way like uh, Atoya just suggested, to start building your credit if you don't have any credit, to get a secured credit card. I, I just want to I add have a question. To... Okay, go ahead. 
Um, so basically, just to clarify, uh, so basically, I would say I want a credit card. I would put like five hundred up front. I would have to give them the five hundred. They wouldn't give it to me in credit off the bat. I would have to give them the money, and then as the months go on and I pay it off, that's when I can apply for a um, uh, unsecured credit card. Yeah, but you may you may get approved for unsecured credit card. Don't think that you know if you have you know the, the every bank and every lending institution has different criteria it's not the same across the board and they all have different um ways in which like if you're going into college that's where they that's where they target they, they try to get you from young going into college to establish credit so they like most people once they a city bank person or a chase bank person they don't switch banks so they're trying when you go away to college you're going to see all these banks and lenders coming at you to approve you as their client so you may not have to go the secured route, but like Latoya was saying, if you do, if you don't, if you're having problems establishing credit, you're not getting approved, then you can get the secured card, which you're just putting a balance on it. And then you're using that card to purchase goods and services and you're paying it off in full every month and topping it back to whatever you um, initially put on the card. Okay. Thank I just you. want to add, I just want to add one COVID to this whole discussion as we go forward. Um, you guys are at the age where your minds are not considered fully developed for rational decisions. That's the purpose of our class, to help you be aware that credit cards that we use, we pay it in full. We use it for business and we use it for personal, but we, we pay it in full. And the people that typically pay our cards are people that are our tenants or our customers. Your card will be paid based on your work, your hard work. And you don't want to trade your time for money and then have to trade the money you get for interest. That exactly. is the danger. So we want you to be aware of that, to avoid that. Remember, credit card companies are not built by the people who know how to use credit like us. It's built by the people who don't. So that should be a forewarning that most people, that's maybe going into the 80% of the people out here do not use it wisely. As young people, you have an opportunity to go out and make vast amount of money come through your hands and use interest to your advantage. And that's our wish, that's our goal. So when we talk to you, this is what we mean. Learn how to establish and be work together as a group when you find yourself messing up. Because we all mess up, that's life. But we wanna fall forward in terms of the things we're trying to do for ourselves and build. And yeah, you know, the uh, wealth mindset, the creative uh, ability to have good history all comes from a start. And 18 is a great start. You'll be at 850 before you're 30. <laughs> and that's, the, that's a good goal to have. Let's go to the next slide. Okay, so let's talk about credit bureaus versus credit scores. So they're a credit bureau is, is somewhere that somewhere that records all the information. So like anything you do credit wise, anything you have to put your tax ID associated with your tax ID, more than likely can get recorded at a credit bureau. And their job is not to make sure the information is correct, make sure everybody has your name right. It's for, it's for them to just gather information. So banks, lending institutions, they all send a feed to these credit bureaus to record these information to build what we call the credit report. Right. So there are three main credit bureaus. Very important. You know this Equifax, TransUnion and Experian. And they provide a detail of your personal financial history. 
They simply are just record keepers. You know, every time you put your tax ID, it's going to most likely get fed to a credit bureau. And these credit bureaus are independent. They don't work together. They're competitors. They work. So Equifax, let's call it McDonald's. TransUnion, let's call it Wendy's. Experian, let's call it Burger King. They all do the same thing, make burgers and fries, but they don't work together. And they record their scores independently. Does everybody get that? Yes? Yes. So most times, the different boroughs will give you, like most people will ask, well, let me see your credit score from all three credit bureaus because they want to make sure that they're all reporting the same thing, okay? So when you pull your credit report, you should always see where did it come from? It'll come from one of the three. And if you want to cross-reference it, you can cross-reference it with the other bureaus. Just because you get an Equifax credit report and you have an 800 credit score doesn't mean that TransUnion may report the same score. It should, in theory, because they should be getting their feeds from all the same place, but things can happen where they don't. And that's where you have to kind of do a little um, researching and figuring out what happened. Okay, so let's talk about the FICO score. Yes, somebody had a question? No? Okay, let's talk about the credit score. So FICO score, it's a mathematical summation of your credit report. Okay, so this, what, what the, the credit score is created on the simple fact that, you know, they wanted a summary of your credit report and a scoring mechanism. So they can, they can decipher, like, you know, is, does Jeff have better credit than me? Does Rachel have better credit? Do I have better credit than Rachel? Does Nigel have better credit than all of us? It's a scoring mechanism to say it summarizes your credit score, your credit report into a scoring to a score. And that determines and banks use this information to say, okay, we want to give credit to everybody with a with great credit. And all they're going to say is, okay, everybody that has a credit score above 750, we want to offer this particular type of credit card. Everybody that does not have a not so good credit, we don't want to offer this card. We want to offer something else. So it's a scoring way in which lenders can look at and, and evaluate who they want to take in as clients. All right. And your credit score ranges from 300 to 850. 300 obviously being the worst credit that you can have. I've never met anybody with 300. You know, I, you know, I don't really believe anybody it gets that low for somebody. And 850 being the best credit score that you can have, okay? And so let's talk about, you know, credit. FICO is actually an acronym. It stands for the guy that created it, Fair Isaac and Company. And this is a proprietary business, meaning that he, it's the formula that gives out your credit score. He doesn't share it. Because this is how they make their, this is how he makes his money. The FICO score is a business and he sells these scores to banks, to individuals. You can pay $10 to see what your FICO score is. When you apply for something, they'll tell you what your FICO score is. So with that being said, if somebody tells you, hey, if you do X, Y, Z, your credit score is going to jump by 35 points. They're not telling you the truth. They can say it'll help increase your credit score or that doing this can, cre- can lower your credit score, but nobody can tell you exactly how much your score will be affected up or down. And people can only advise you on what can hurt your credit or what can improve your credit. All right. Everybody there with me? Yes. Okay. And some lending institutions do not use the FICO score. They'll create their own scoring mechanism and they may have different ranges. I've seen credit score ranges from, you know, another, some banks will have what we have our, XYZ scoring system. We don't use FICO and it ranges from 400 to 900. So you have to be mindful when you get your credit score. Is it a FICO score? Is it other, some kind of kind of scoring mechanism, right? So once again, just to reiterate, 
your FICO's, your credit score, your FICO score comes from your credit report. Does everybody understand the difference between a credit report and a credit score? Yeah. And your credit report is derived, is built from these credit bureaus that just collect the data. Make sense? Yes. So let's get into factors that are determining a credit score. These are things that can help you, you know, become Mr. 850. Payment history. Do you pay on time? How many days are you late on your payments? I can't tell you time and time again how much not paying on time lowers your credit score. Let me give you, let me ask you a question. Let's just say, for example, next month comes and I can't make my credit card payment, but I'm going to make two payments in January. Will that affect my credit score? Like, it will keep my credit score the same if they bank, if they realize that, okay, I didn't make a payment in December, but I made two payments in January. Does that make everything okay? Yes or no? No. No, why not? Because you missed your date. You missed your date. Absolutely. Couldn't set it any better. You missed your date. Yes, it's good that you made two payments next month, but you still look like you didn't make your payment. But you got to understand how the big picture of this all works. You know, Wall Street, you know, banks, the economy is driven off like payments, people making payments, people coming. If everybody defaulted for a month on all their payments, it would crumble the U.S. economy. If everybody said, I'm not going to make my credit card payment, I'm not going to make my car loan payment, I'm not going to make my mortgage payment this month, and I'm going to, but I'll double it the next month. The economy would not be able to sustain itself. We would default on so many things. So your little payment, my little payment is part of a bigger picture. All right. So you must always try to make your payment, you know, and it gets into when we talk about wants versus need about spending more than you can afford. And I know there are some months where, you know, emergencies, things happen. We just had to, but you should always try to make at least a, a little bit above a minimum payment because you're making the minimum payment. It also signals to the lending institutions that you're in a tight financial bind, and it could possibly lower your score as well, because banks and lenders do not like to see desperation. Just in life, you don't want to show desperation. Once you show showing desperation is, is, is a weakness, and banks recognize and lenders recognize it. Um, another thing, amount owned. We're going to get into credit utilization ratio, meaning that if you owe more than 30, you want to keep... You don't ever want to, if you, if you have access to $10, if you have a credit card that has $10 limit on it, you want to show to the banks that you're comfortable. You want to get good credit. You want to show that you're comfortable. You have access to credit, but you don't need to use up all of it. That's what utilization rate means. Let's say, for example, you had a credit limit of $10 and you used up nine out of the $10. How does you think that looks to the lender? Does it look good? Does it look bad? Does it look like you're desperate or it like you're cruising? kind of look a little needy you look a little needy exactly let's just say you had ten dollar credit limit but you've only used a dollar of it or two dollars of it how does that look to the lender better because you didn't use all of it right you look like you're comfortable you're cruising you're chilling right and there and so when you think of doing business from a simple business perspective who would you rather do business with the person that owns nine out of ten dollars nine out of ten or the one that owns just $2 out of the 10? Which one would you rather do business with? 
Well, the one that got more money left over. So the one that got nine dollars, not two. No, no, not no. You mean the one you're saying the opposite way? You're, you're saying the right answer. Yeah, you, you know what I mean. One that has two dollars compared that to only used two dollars yeah. and has your remaining eight dollars, right? And especially if they've been making those payments on time. And you'll see, even myself, and I'm sure Mr. Eight Fifty can attest to the fact that you know when my when my utilization rate is low is when I get all these offers, all these credit card offers, all these offers. Hey. We'll give you 0% interest over 12 months. Come invest with us. Come put your money. Come take this card. We'll give you $80,000 in travel miles if you just take this card because they know our utilization rate is low. So you don't want to become max because it gets leads to that, that word, that big D word, which is desperate. Now, here's another key factor, which you can't control. You can control by, and this is why I said it's the earlier you establish credit, the better. It's your credit history. Just like everything else, you know, they want to see your experience. You just can't, you know, establish credit in, in one year and then have an 850 credit score because you don't have, you haven't gone through the cycles of credit, the cycles of economics, economy, the economy to see that in good and bad times, you were still able to make your payments. So when you ask me what is the thing, establishing credit early, like if you're 18, 17, by the time you finish college and 30, maybe heading into your late 20s, 30s, you already have 10 plus years of credit history which is excellent. And it'll show the pattern. Like credit card companies, they've, I'm sure they've done analysis on myself and on Jeff because they have 20 plus years of credit history with me to say that this guy is a safe bet. Over the last 20 years, during 9-11, during the, like we talked about the last class, in 2008 when the market crashed and during COVID, he's still been able to make his payments. He's still paying on time. This is somebody that you know, we want to do business with that shows he has great credit. And my credit score has jumped during COVID. It's, it's hovering around now 820, somewhere around there, between 810 and 825, somewhere around there. Um, credit mix. They also want to show that you're able to, like, handle different types of credit, you know, from loans, car loans, to credit cards, to mortgages, um, you know, they want to show that if you can make all these different types of payments, is that something I was lacking on the beat? Because I usually would have just really two forms of credit, which would have been credit cards and mortgages, you know, but now I've opened up, I have, I have a car loan for my, for my business. I have, you know, I don't have, I paid my student loan off a few years ago, but showing that you can handle certain types of credit also helps increase your credit score. And then the other last thing is it's called recent inquiries. You know, this to me is a catch 22, because when you're looking, when I'm looking for deals myself, I may go to a number of different institutions to seek it. But the more people I let run my credit, once again, shows to the lender's desperation and actually lowers your score. So what I do is I'll usually print out a copy of my credit report, or I'll usually tell them what my credit score is. And I'll say, based on this, could I qualify for this loan or qualify for this card? And if they say yes, then that's when I'll let them pull my credit report. I don't let them pull my credit report before I don't know, before I just hoping that I qualify. I kind of have to know beforehand and I'll tell you the, the, the picture of where I stand and, 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 and then let them make their decision because then it, it, it decreases the amount, the amount of inquiries that people will run on my credit. Does that make sense? So every time somebody runs your score, your score gets lower. Possibility. Correct. 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 I know it's five o'clock. Yeah. Um, we have five more minutes or we have to, it's a hard five. Yeah. I, I think we may have like a couple more minutes. Um, yeah, we have a couple more minutes. So I think that's fine. So let's go to the next slide. 
Okay, credit scores can vary between credit bureaus, as I talked about earlier. While your credit card creditors are responsible for continuously updating the agencies on the details of your payment, they may not report to the same agency at the same time. So that means that these companies, companies are required to send once a month a feed of your payment history, like Target, if you have a Target card, every month has to send a file to these credit bureaus of, you know, if you made your payments on time, how many late payments you have, sort of thing. But they all get their feeds at different times of the month. And depending on when you pull your credit, your score could change. You know, like I said, Experian, Equifax, and TransUnion, they don't speak to each other. So they may tell Chase, hey, Chase, we need that feed from you guys on the third of every month. Experian may say, well, we only need it. We need it on the 10th. And Equifax may say, well, we only need it on, we need it on the 20th. And because of that, some the information that they have versus what other credit bureaus may have may not be the same. All right? So that's where you may see difference in your credit report. Or sometimes they make an outright mistake. You know, there's so many names, you know, there's more than my mom used to say, there's more than one dog named Bob. You know, just somebody, the, your name being, having an identical name to somebody else and that name, you're being tied to somebody else's tax ID and bad negative things come up on your report, you know, will affect your score. So you have to really pull your credit report a few times over the year to make sure that your information is accurate. And, you know, people charge, you know, you know I, just this class alone, you can save thousands of dollars over the years because people will charge you. I can fix your credit. I can get your credit for it. And when you can do it yourself, you can just pull for a TransUnion, Experian, Equifax, compare the difference, make sure everything is correct. And what's not correct, you can send them an email and they have to respond by law. They have to respond to you within 30 days. And if you support, so the supporting evidence that this is not mine, this is a mistake, then they will correct it. Now, let's get back to what a credit report is. It's a report card, basically, right? So if there's something negative on your credit report, like missed payments, but you missed those payments, can you get that taken off your credit report or can they change it? I don't think so. Correct. No. So when people come to you and say, hey, I know you missed 10 payments. I know your credit sucks right now, but I got a guy. He can, he can, he can fix up your credit report. Is that true? No. No. Oh, right. You cannot remove a negative thing that is true on your credit report. Can you remove a negative thing that is not true on your credit report? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Yes. So when people come at you, I can fix your credit. If something is true, it's a report. You know, you get an F in a class, you get a C in a class, it stays on your it stays on your transcript. Even if you get all A pluses moving forward, that's gonna show. And it's the same thing with your credit report. Now over time things fall off. It doesn't go back 20 years, but over time, things will fall off. But it doesn't mean you can pay somebody to remove something that's negative on your report, that it's true. Let's go to the next slide. I think we're going to have to cut our time soon because I also know our internship guys have to head out. Um, okay, so we can, we, can, we can stop right here. So we pick this up next time? We'll pick it up next time. So, Any last minute questions? I'm oh, oh, sorry. That anybody has before we before we we stop i guess my question is the homework to look up wealth mindset and um you know kind of do some research on what is wealth mindset who's how do people exercise that oh, that's a great exercise and i think you should apply it to you then like we talked about the gentleman that wants to be a mechanic and the late young lady that wants to open a salon i want you guys to tell me next class how the wealth mindset applies to what you want to do in life and then also just to add to that as well, okay. um, in, in addition to that, you guys will also receive an email 
that has just further reminders about um, your vision boards, just trying to get you guys to start creating those because of course, um, I, we know that today at the beginning of class, it was definitely a conversation starter and almost threatened to take the entire time of this um, session um, because it was such fruitful conversation. So definitely feel free to um, jot down some ideas, create it physically if you have a chance. And then also your internship coordinator will email you with some um, further questions for you to complete via Google form for your attendance for today. So look out for that email. Um, and yeah, we'll be in contact. Have a wonderful day. Um, thank you for being here with us today. Thank you guys. All right. Thanks everybody. Thanks. Thanks, Jeff. Thanks Nigel, Rachel, Ramon. Thank, thank you guys. Always, Always great to see all of you guys. Have a great day, everybody. Talk to you soon. We'll see you yeah, all Tuesday, Tuesday, next Tuesday. week. Tuesday. Yes, all right. please. Tuesday. Tuesday. Yes. I would right. like to see show our presenters some love in the chat on your way out, everybody. Yes. Getting, I see all of them. Thank you, now. Thank you guys. Big, hey. big thank you. All right. Bye. Thank you. Don't take it down. No. All right. Bye, right, guys. I'm going to stop the recording if I can figure out where that button is. There it is. <laughs> Small details are big surfaces, tight corners are odd shapes, flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues, your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on.